Good day. Welcome here to Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Hi, Killian. How you doing, Darren? We are near the end and Killian, Christmas is around the corner. We have an All-Ireland final on Saturday. Yeah, it, it kind of brings back memories of last year. We were right up to Christmas, practically, with, uh, I know it was the inter-county scene, but yeah, great that we are talking games. It's really shortened the, the, the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Um, we feel like, you know, you're nearly at the, the, the into, uh, into a new year and everything, um, you know, having games and luckily the weather hasn't been too bad either. And that's obviously helping the games and the, probably the quality of them somewhat. Although I know maybe allude to last week, uh, with, with the game in Eden Derry, but, um, you know, look, it, it's, it's great. It's really, to me, now it's short, the old dark evenings and having something to look forward to at the weekends. Yeah, because normally when you work in our job, from December time on, definitely mid-December, it's kind of winding down. But yeah, for two years in a row man. now, we're right up there at the very, very end, you know, <laughs> the weekend before Christmas as well. And of course, Killian, not that we want to be looking too far ahead, it won't be too long before we're getting going with 2020. Ah, yeah, 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 which are, that's great. I, I know our partners might give out about it, Darren, but you're look, uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> the love of the game. <laughs> I think after the few lockdowns we've had this year, I don't think we'll have too many complaints from our partners. <laughs> we want to match <laughs> Of the air. Anyhow, before we get in trouble, coming up in tonight's show, we're going to look at some of the talking points in Kamoki over the last week. And of course, there's one match in particular we will be focusing on the 2020 AIB All Ireland Senior Kamogi Final. Sarsfields from Galway against Killian's favourite team out of the Ballock from Wexford. <coughs> That's on Saturday at quarter past one in Nolan Park. We are going to hear from both Siobhan McGrath from Sarsfields and Shauna Sennett from Wexford. We'll also look back at the semi finals of the weekend, Drummond Inch and Slot Neil going out of the competitions and a quick look as well as the Intermediate and Junior Championship semi-finals also take place. So Killian, an awful lot to go through. But before all that, I want to just talk about one or two stories at the moment. And I haven't fully read up on this story yet. I don't know how familiar you are with the two regards to Westmead. And uh, that the new chairman, uh, Frank Meskill, has promised to have a conversation with both the LGFA and Camogie in Wexford about making Cusick Park in Mullingar accessible for them for their county finals okay that's that, that's great that's great to hear um you know fair play, fair play to 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 him in, in in doing so um you know and a great opportunity county facilities county grounds you know um yeah look i i i'd be all for it i i think you know i think for county finals there should be some window of opportunity there, Darren. I, I, I'm aware that obviously the GA are the the landlords, and you know there, there probably has to be some financial uh, package between between the associations or whatever for use of the grounds. But um, you know, I wonder have they been turned down before? You know, have been people progressive enough to kind of say, yeah, let's let's go ahead. Um, I know there's some counties obviously are better than others. I just think. Look, I think we're in a stage, Darren, we're, 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 we're making progress. There's no question about that. I think we're a little bit further up the hill than we've probably been in recent years with regards to, um, you know, equality in, in some ways across, across the board. And, you know, I think that's been seen, you know, given looking at me now and the example that they've set with the, the LGFA finals taking place, uh, you know, and a double header like with the, with the men's uh, county final there, you know, that's, that's set now a little barometer and a line for lots of other counties. And, you know, I'd love to see it going forward, Darren. Why, why can't it happen? That never mind double headers that, you know, that the county facilities would be made uh, available. And again, you know, it probably will help that President Liam O'Neill had a, had a plan uh, of the GA, President of GA, Liam O'Neill, a few years ago, that integration he felt needed to take place. And maybe that's where we're heading, Darren, and this could be ultimately a start of it, that if you're seeing county boards 
working in hand in hand together, um, it could bode well for the future. Yeah, it was a Gary Castle motion, um, which colours uh, it wasn't ruled out or voted on at the time, but it generated the conversation. And if what comes out of this, because at the end of the day, it's about I think the LGFA. I know we're on a Camogie show, but just the LGFA were offered a time slot that didn't suit. So I think that the County Committee Chairman Frank Meskell is making a commitment to sit down and talk to the two organisations, like we were saying in the show here, Killian, recently. It might even be last week that that's what Camogie and LGFA need to be doing: sitting down, having these conversations with GA to try and get access to these facilities but to be doing it at the beginning of the year not yeah. like two or three weeks out because yeah. that's just uh, wasting, wasting everyone's time as well so maybe Westmead are going to do something that could work out for the better good down the line Yeah but sure if they, if they even had a scenario that they have their plan for their county final when is that going to take place that the G, it's put in the GA calendar then and you know then there should be no you would imagine you know planning this far out that uh, well look we have a slot here on the 23rd of August how, how are you fixed or 23rd of September or whatever it might be and you know that the opportunity is there, I think. But yeah, I, I I just find that there is the difficulty sometimes that you know maybe people are are, are so focused on getting their own fixtures right. If that happens, that um you know th- those negotiations probably take place when it's too late ultimately. So you know going forward, it, it, it hopefully it bodes well. We'll watch with interest how that develops out as well and it might give a guiding light to other counties yeah. in regards to their negotiations with the GEA because we want to see the big county finals in the big grounds. It's only right that that happens. Paulie McCarthy's at it again, Killian. <laughs> uh, not quite the result that she wanted in the Limerick Junior B Camogie final, but uh, like it just um, uh, what, a, what a performance she's been putting in within the last few weeks. Yeah, I think is is there a chance of her being a, a late entry in the RT personality of the year, sports personality of the year? Is there because uh, you know at, at the age that she is fair play to to, to Pauline, and uh, it obviously just goes to show you the the the, the preparation, the, the mental strength, the physical strength, uh, and 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 everything about Pauline that she's been uh, trucking it out as a jewel star for the last few weeks there, and uh, the last number of years, never mind that, but just to be going on both stages and uh, and 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 Darren ended up as top scorer in a lots of these games as well which is phenomenal rate as well um, I know they lost out in the in the final but I think she scored four of their six points and you know I saw a few pictures of her on uh, Instagram with, 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 with her teammates and so forth and uh, sure look um, she, she seems to be the heart and soul of, of, of the group and they're all completely I think taken and in awe of her so you know fair play Pauline incredible year and um, hopefully she'll be you know ending the year with a bit of, uh, bit of silverware somewhere for those of you new to the story as well, Polly McCarthy is 62. She played in the 1980 All-Ireland Camogie Final, scored a county-winning goal in football a few weeks ago and has been top scorer for the St. Albans Camogie Club in Limerick and scored four points in the Junior B County Final. As Killian rightfully said, she's been one of the stars of this club season as well as not often we focus on uh, Junior B Championships. But of course, Killian, as we said there, if we're capable of more than playing a bit of golf and we're 62, we'll be happy enough. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if I can get a- around without the golf cart I'll be doing well <laughs> that's a conversation we'll have in a few years down the line we, we've time to get there uh, new managers just a few to pick out Paul Donnelly in down a big job for himself as well uh, coming in there look again like you're, you're in a situation where I, I know we, we had bigged up down and we thought that there could be the surprise packet of the championship and maybe you know might even sneak a quarter final place or something uh, it didn't ultimately work out for, for Derek and the crew but look like it's not a bad situation for Paul to be in 
Um, I, I, although, you know, you would be hoping from a down point of view that um, things don't get away from them a little bit, you know, that the, the second season syndrome now or anything kicks in like that and all of a sudden they fall through the trap door and, uh, and, and they're gone and it's a long way back because, you know, Darren, there, there, there is talent in that team, but there's one or two of their mainstays are getting on, you know, a little bit um, age-wise. And, you know, I, I know Paulo Hagen is obviously due a baby in the in the next while. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine Paula is going to be available for much of next season. So I, I, although you know Paula, you never know about Paula, so we won't write her off completely. But, um, you know, that it, it just... You know, it just, I think it's important for down there if they have you, a bit of youth and whatever, and, and, and whatever's coming up underneath that, uh, you know, they, they fought so long to be able to get up there. Now it's, it, it's all about surviving. They did that first year, but I always think the second year is the tricky one because you're no longer a surprise packet and everyone knows what you're about. So it's going to be a, a bit, a bit of an order there. But Paul, you know, look, it's, it's, it's senior inter-county uh, material. So, you know, he's, uh, he's a great opportunity, I think. And they have Division 1 League, Kamoki, mm. this year as well. But of course, we talked about the provisional plans for the championship, but it could only be guaranteed two games in the competition proper as well. But again, no different to Antrim. And Antrim in their first season coming in is like uh, holding that senior base is, is the key target for Down. Yeah, well, look, within, within in both also, competitions, you could say. Yeah, in both competitions, yeah, I think it, it, it would be important. Um, look, it's not it's not going to be easy, Darren. Um, you know, as I said to you, I think there was an opportunity there last year. Um, but look, uh, the cards are marked now, and that can, sense and the draw would want to be kind to them. Uh, you would feel, um, you know, like if they were thrown into a group where they had. You know, two of the big three as, as as one or two of the groups were last year. You know, like it, it could it could spell uh, danger for them. Um, but look, it's 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 something anyway. Look, let's say positive about it. Down have got up there. They've made, they've held on to the position, and now it's about growing that in, in some ways. New management probably, you know, in a in a, in a sense, if it's an experiment or whatever, it's probably not ideal that they they've a change in manu- management at this stage. But look. The Ulster Camogie's in good fettle, and I would imagine down, you know, would be buoyed on by Antrim as well. And, you know, sure, maybe they'll be clicking and meeting each other somewhere along the line. And there's a few old scores to be settled there, I think, in a way. So, you know, look, best of luck to Paul and, and, and down Camogie because, uh, again, I just think the game, it's important that there's good Ulster representation. And now we've down an Antrim at the top table. It'd be interesting to see how it goes this year. Yeah, and of course, the Ulster senior final next year will be one worth watching. Now, Dublin. Adrian O'Sullivan named out a big management team recently enough. Uh, for those not eagle-eyed, you might have missed a big name. Gillian didn't miss it. And now named his new Dublin Intermediate Camogie Manager. Jimmy Greville has gone from Cavan. Yeah, gone from Cavan. Uh, was put in there in Adrian's backroom team. And uh, I think was it down as uh, SNC or something? I, I think I might have seen the tag on, on Jimmy's title there. And then all of a sudden we see the intermediate team announcing the, and uh, Jimmy's the manager. So, you know, like there's obviously... The, the, the two guys have got the heads together um, look like to have a similar outlook on, on where they're progressing with Dublin Camogie and uh, they, they you know obviously feel that having a good second team will ultimately support that Dublin senior team so you know they, they, they probably just feel the need to put in that little bit more of a, of a ground footing I think or foundation with the, with the intermediate team so look Good man to have in there. Uh, obviously, resurrected Crosser Law's fortunes, resurrected Cavan's fortunes. So, you know, Jimmy would be coming with a relatively good CV, although he obviously has achieved in the Camogie fields anyway, as I said, down, down the rank. But um, good step for him as well. And, you know, he'll be involved, obviously, in the senior setup as well within Dublin. So, you know, we haven't seen the end of uh, Jimmy, but a bit of a loss, I would think, to Cavan. 
Yeah, just going to go to the Dublin side with first Adrian O'Sullivan. This is the big year for him, obviously, to, mm. uh, like you always pretty much get a free pass in year one, but year two, there has to be a statement of intent from Dublin as well. He's put a solid team together. It'll be interesting to see what the squad is like in the new year. But Jimmy Greville is a massive coup for him to have as part of that setup as well, because he brings that All Ireland winning experience. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, like, obviously, Sarah O'Donovan is not with them this year. I, I think Sarah's nuptials are not too far away either. So maybe that's why she's taken time out in that regard. I haven't actually spoken to her um, since, since maybe the end of the championship there. But, um, you know, look, he's shook it up a little bit just to you know, maybe bring in different kind of ideas or, or, or personnel. And, uh, you know, obviously, he, Adrian, you know, knowing Adrian as he is, he's well able to talk the talk. So, you know, he's well able to uh, get people to buy in. And uh, that's what he seems to have done here. So, but as you know, it's a results game now and uh, you know you'd, for, you'd feel for him it's going to be again difficult you know you've a, a, a vibrant Antrim coming up from obviously intermediate you have uh, all the big three or four now if you want to call them that that are, that are there and you know you, you might say that Waterford second year with Derek there you know things might advance um, I know Limerick obviously new management Wexford are knocking around the stages with uh, with you know improved form uh, with their clubs doing relatively well also uh, winning a, a, a junior All-Ireland last year you know like it's not going to be easy for Adrian and uh, you know you would think they're going to have to lay down markers early on uh, Darren so you know look it'll be interesting to see I, I think we could have a cracking league and championship uh, camogie wise because um, you know there's going to be a few teams there that are relatively chomping at the bit at the same level looking maybe to take down as we said one of the big three or four and uh, make a footing for themselves so could, could 2022 could be an interesting one it certainly will be as well. We know the top four in Camogie and you'd imagine they'll be four of the quarterfinalists. But as we've often said in this show, like five to 12 and there's no perceived weak link in the senior championship this year at the moment. We might think different when we see them in the league. But like, again, it's it's survival of the fittest. Like who's going to get those four quarterfinal spots? And for people like Adrian O'Sullivan and um, even Waterford as well and one or two other counties that have to make a quarterfinal to be seen to be making progress. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so you're, yeah, as you said, you're already expecting the four, the top four to be in the quarterfinals. So not too many spaces left then for everybody else. And, uh, you know, on any given day, they, they can all beat each other. So, oh, Darren, I, I can't wait. I think we're going to have some cracking encounters from five to 12. And I know people will talk with the quality, but, you know, again, opportunity there this championship next year. I know there's worries about proposals and the amount of games and everything, but, uh, Oh God, there could be skin and hair flying in some of these matches, Darren, because, um, you know, you're, you're talking about counties looking to get back on a footing, maybe that they've slipped a little bit and others then looking to lay down markers. Well, we, we, I, again, I, I'm you're buying me up here already. We're only on the 15th of December. <laughs> it is not just quarterfinals as well. Surviving in senior two is yeah. going to be equally. Yeah. And we look forward to talking about that. We'll talk all our semifinals and finals in a while. Before we go to the break, Killian Quiva Costello is this week's guest on the Fair Green. I'm keeping you very busy with all these camogie guests recently <laughs> enough as well. But another fascinating story. Yeah, another fascinating story. Quiva, uh, you know, fair play to her, uh, wears her heart on her sleeve as well and uh, knows. knows very good representative of, of Limerick and uh, Limerick GA, Limerick Camogie. And uh, looking forward to hearing uh, that, Darren, again, it's uh, one I have to part because I've only got through the two Chloe's in the last couple of weeks. And geez, uh, like, you know, no pressure on Quiva. Um, having gone from Drain to, to Mori, it's, um, you know, they've been two fascinating characters. And I, I never laughed as much, I think, in the car there in the last couple of days, listening to Chloe Mori's story. She definitely would... Uh, 
you know, she she she's infectious. She she definitely make you feel good about yourself, you know, and uh, has definitely a great outlook on life. And uh, Chloe Drain as well was just a fascinating character. So no pressure, Quiva, uh, when I get a chance to listen to it. And we'll have Killian's review of that on next week's podcast as well. And of course, just to let you know, next week on The Fair Queen, we're going to have three shows. We will be hearing from Sinead Furlong from Wexford. We'll be hearing from Monin footballer Cora Courtney. And we'll be hearing, Killian from Kildare's Susie O'Carroll. Oh, one of the greats. I know that probably people around the country, you're telling who? God, Susie O'Carroll, uh, for me, since I've been involved in media in Kildare, she was being talked about as a, as a, as a young girl, her ability and talent. And then it really shone through, uh, you know, when Kildare eventually got to win in All-Ireland in Crow Park. Uh, one, of, one of the greatest uh, Camogie players I have seen. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Susie, if she if she had got an opportunity to play senior, would have graced many a pitch as well. And I, I think would grace many uh, an inter-county senior team also. Um, but look, she's still plugging away there with Selbridge and there in the, in the Leinster final last week. Obviously, disappointment that uh, wasn't to win out. But, um, you know, she's j- just a phenomenal player and uh, really, really enjoyed over the years watching Susie O'Carroll play. And looking forward to hearing that. Some great shows there as well for the Christmas period too. They'll be on next week. Quiva Costello from Limerick is on sportsstars.ie right now. That's it. We're going to go take a break. It's all about the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final and Semi-Finals for the rest of the show. We will look at the Intermediate and Junior Semi-Finals before we finish up. But to take us there for our review of the last week's Semi-Finals, we're going to hear from one of the players that will be involved in Saturday's big match. And of course, I'm talking about Ara de Balak and Wexford Shauna Sennett. She's coming up after these. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. I'm delighted to be joined by our of the Ballet Camogie player Shauna Sennett ahead of the 2020-2021 AIB All-Ireland Senior Camogie Club Championship Final against Sarsfields from Galway. The sides will go head-to-head at UPMC Nolan Park at Kenny at half one this coming Saturday, December the 18th. This year's AIB Club Championship celebrate the toughest players in Gaelic games, hashtag the toughest, those who are not defined by what they have won, but by how they persevere no matter what. And this Saturday's showdown is set to be no exception. And Shauna, I could take both sides of that to describe your team. Let's talk up to date for a moment. Uh, Out of the Balak are back. Uh, so far, so good. We got the comeback story. I know it was still a job to be done, but no doubt you're absolutely delighted to be back in an All Ireland final. Hi, Darren. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a bit surreal to be back in an All Ireland, but um, this team, I suppose we never had any doubt that we were capable of getting back there. Um, you know, we did have a few years that didn't go the way that we wanted, but um, the team never lost faith, never lost their drive to to get back to where, you know, that we think we belong anyway up at the top, in the top teams in Ireland. The breakthrough to win the 2020 county title. And of course, we have to remember, this is we're still working off the 2020 campaign. I know you've come over again in the new year. was a massive result because it, I suppose, if anything, was a validation that you were still good enough and you haven't looked back since. Um, yeah, I suppose the 2020 campaign, I tried to think back to it. The years are all mixing together, but um. I suppose we had the disappointment of losing, you know, the two previous county finals. We'd lost the semi-final before that as well. So I suppose, you know, it could have easily happened that we could have lost, you know, our kind of desire. We could have, you know, got a bit downhearted and stuff, but that was never going to happen with this group of girls. Like, you know, they're just, um, we're so competitive, I suppose, even ourselves with training and stuff. Um, you know, they were never going to give up. We always kept the belief and stuff that we were going to get back there someday and stuff. And, I suppose, you know, there was probably, you know, we have new girls that came into the panel, younger girls, um, then we had Colin and stuff that came in as well that um 
you know, I suppose they gave a new kind of outlook on our approach to matches and stuff. And, um, you know, they've they've been phenomenal in their lead up to matches and preparing us for the games and stuff as well. So a lot of credit goes to them. Yeah, because there's a few players in there, like just off the top of my head, Aideen Brennan and Nate Kern, just two that, that I think of as well. But um, as you mentioned, there are nine, nine of the team that played in the 2012 All-Ireland Final against Drummond injured. The 11-12 All-Ireland Final are still at the, uh, here as well, including yourself too. And like after winning in 15 against Mulya, you know, it's a long way too as well to try and get back in this position. Yeah, I suppose um, yeah, Aideen actually has been there since 2011 as well. She's one of the more seasoned she, players as well. She thanked me for saying that. Yeah. On, you <laughs> <laughs> so she's the same age as myself. Actually, she's a year younger. But um, so, yeah, like it's phenomenal that there's, you know, there was nine of us that had started in the 2011 All-Ireland that, are, that had started last weekend. And, you know, you had a few girls on the bench then as well. So, like, I'm not sure exactly how many of us were involved in 2011 altogether, but... Yeah, I suppose, you know, we had we won 2011, we had a bit of a gap then in 2014, 2015 when we won as well. And, you know, it's just, it's just great to be back now, kind of at the top, competing at the highest level possible. And, you know, you have the likes of players like Anae that you mentioned and Maria O'Dowd and Katie Roach, a few girls like that have come into the panel. And, you know, they've just slotted in, like, you know, they're they're still young girls and just they've played, been outstanding in every match that we played so far this year. And competition for places as well. And uh, it's not just the back in an All Ireland final, and we will go to Sarsfields in a moment. It's like uh, we're here at AIB, hashtag the toughest. Like you haven't had it easy to get this far since we got back to the provincial series. Like St. Jude's pushed you along uh, a lot of the way. There was that turnaround against Thomastown as well. And then you hit the ground running against Lotniel. Yeah, I suppose um, the match against St. Jude's, you know, we knew it was going to be a massive battle. Um, I don't think we'd ever played them before. So, you know, we didn't know a lot about them. Um, the same then with Thomastown, you know, like it was just an absolute dogfight with them. And I suppose we could have easily let that match slip. You know, we were ahead in the game. Then they went three or four points up. And just in the last 10 minutes, you know, the girls really showed, I suppose, their determination and their experience and stuff came into the game. So, um, you know, we would have been raging with ourselves if we had to let the game slip at that stage. But, um, yeah, and I suppose then against Slock Neal, we really hit the ground running. We got a great start in the match. Um, we knew, I suppose, Slock Neal are a serious team that they, I suppose they've competed in the last four All-Ireland um, titles, having won three of them. So, you know, we knew we had to go out and give kind of our performance of the year up against them. And, you know, it all, it did click on the day. Um, like you were saying, we've, we've huge, you know, competition for our places. And like any of the subs that have come on every day, you know, have, have given their all and, like there's any any of the girls on the team you could pick to start ahead of you. So um I suppose it just pushes, you know, the everyone on that that no position is kind of secure on the on the pitch on the day. So um yeah, we're very lucky in that regard. And it shows the competition. Am I right in saying you didn't start the Leinster final? Yeah, I didn't start. Um at least I corrected that the last day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually start the county final or the the Leinster semi um or the Leinster final. So, you know, there's like there's huge competition for places, you know, you can never, I suppose, and like it's fantastic, like, you know, it has pushed me on, I suppose, that, you know, your your place isn't secure. And I suppose when you go training then that you have to give it your all, you could be called on at any time on the match to come on then as well. So, yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't begrudge any girl that started ahead of me on the team. You know, they're all fantastic players. Um, All of us go out to give our best and to give our all for the team. So if it's going out and giving giving it your all for 30 minutes or for 60 minutes um you know you know there's a girl there to come on and, and replace you and 
um, I suppose, give it their all as well. So we've huge trust in each other and um, which is fantastic. So so you wouldn't know what way the team could be on Saturday. Um, I could be sitting back on the bench. I don't know. <laughs> Hoping not Timpton Fate talking to here now, Sean, about that. But even you didn't do your chances any harm as well because like with Thomastown, there was just an A and Ursula uh, that got the score. So the needed more was spread. You kicked it off with the opening score of the match. I know as well that um, I think it was Stacey and Shelley shared eight points between them as well. And it's important of a spread of scores going into this game against Sarsfields because chances could be at a premium pending what the weather is like as well so you have to take them when they come yeah I suppose like we're lucky we have a lot of girls that are you know so capable of making their way up the pitch and taking their scoring chances like you're saying in the Leinster final yeah I think Ursula and Anna did most of the scoring but in the semi-final against Loch Neal I think we had seven or eight different scores you know most of our forwards scored our midfield so you know I suppose it just depends on the day where you know who's in the right position and stuff um that's what's kind of, I suppose, bred into us from a young age that we're always going to give the ball to the person in, in the better position. And um, I think even during our, the Leinster semi-final against St. Jude's, we had Louise Sinna scored a goal and a point. You know, we had a few different scores as well. So, you know, yeah, we have the few girls that score. I can score every single day, but we have players that are more than capable of taking their chances when it comes as well. The one advantage that you do have in attack, and I'll go to the other end of the field in a moment, is that I suppose you have options. You've just touched on as well. You're just back in the starting team as well. And bar one or two players, it's very hard to know um, positions in the attack. With Sarsfields, like what do you know about the Sarsfields defence in particular? Like Maria Cooney's been the centre back and Laura Ward at full back, Claude McGrath dropping back as well. So does that give you kind of a slight thing in regards to picking the matchups or positioning the players in attack to try and get the most out of your team? Um, yeah, I suppose. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know a huge amount about Sarsfields. Um, I've never played them before, so I suppose you could look at as much games and stuff as you wanted. But I suppose it depends. It all depends on the day. Um, you could go out and try your hardest, and it doesn't mightn't work for you. But yeah, I suppose we have players that will, you know, I suppose go out and suit other players to to mark them and stuff. So it does depend on the day and um as well, like and how it goes for you. But um, we haven't really looked into that too much, to be honest. Just um. I suppose the squid and hurler own game is, is kind of our main focus. It's hard to believe. I know you haven't played each other, but I do remember watching you um, playing in Ballon the Slow, where I'm from back in 11, the game against Climber. We won't talk about that much match. But of course, Sarsfields were on the curtain raiser. They were playing the intermediate uh, semi-final that day. I think they lost to um, the Harps from Leash on, on the occasion. But they're a young team that have matured and grown over the years. They obviously have their All-Ireland title to back them up as well. And of course, at the other end of the field, your defence are going to have your work cut out, um, limiting the opportunities for Siobhan and Orla McGrath. Um, yeah, I suppose like our defenders are, you know, they're top class. You have the likes of Aiden Brennan back there, Kira Sori. They're so solid every day. Um, Mary Lacey's only back um, after having um, her second child. He's only five months old. So, you know, she's such a huge experience to have in the panel. But um, And then you've Aoife Dunn and Katie Roche that have been there for years as well. Um, you know, so I suppose the girls are always up to the challenge and Maria O'Dowd is, um, I think it's her second year in the panel. So, but she's just so solid at the back that they don't think about it too much. I suppose who they're marking, they just go out to do their job every day and do it to the best that they can. And with so much faith, the girls at the back, like I suppose the last two matches that you know the tackles that they put in to stop scores and stuff coming in was just phenomenal. Phenomenal, some of them. 
Sean, just two questions before I let you go. One experience, obviously Sarsfields of the recent experience, they are the waning All-Ireland champions. They're playing their fourth final in five seasons. But how much is the experience that G gained in your earlier days to get back in this position? How vital is that going to be if you're going to finish the job off now and, and deliver the All-Ireland title? Yeah, sure. of course, it's going to be huge, I suppose. We're lucky that there's so many of us there still in the panel that know what it takes, um, I suppose, to win a club All-Ireland. You know, that previous experience will definitely stand to us. And any of the girls that are coming in only competing in their first club All-Ireland. So I suppose hopefully that, you know, we'll be able to pass some knowledge onto them, you know, to get them ready for the match and stuff as well. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely a huge factor that we've won two club All-Irelands before that um, it will be a big help to prepare and I suppose to what to expect on Saturday against Sarsfields. So, Hopefully now that um, it will stand to us anyway. That brings me perfectly to my final question. You mentioned about the two club All-Irelands. For you personally, providing you start, of course, which no doubt you won't mind either way, but you'd I prefer to start uh, to complete the trilogy and finish off a remarkable turnaround in all of the Bellic's fortunes. What will it mean to you personally and this team if you are All-Ireland champions on Saturday? Yeah, I suppose winning a club All-Ireland with, like, with the girls that you've grown up with, that you've been in primary school with, secondary school, all the way up along, like it's just... It's hard to describe really like the, that feeling, at, you know, when the final whistle goes. So if we if we do win on Saturday, like, you know, it, it'll just be outstanding. Like it'll be a spe- another special moment, I suppose. And like just to be able to look back on the memories that we have from the previous All-Irelands, like, you know, they're just they're days that you never forget. And there's something that you kind of hold close to you throughout your career. And to have another opportunity to even compete in an All-Ireland club, All-Ireland again, is just... Um, um, I'm just absolutely delighted to be honest and um, yeah so hopefully we'll go our way on Saturday though. So that was Out of the Ballack Shauna Senna talking to us ahead of this Saturday's AIB 2020 All-Ireland Senior Club Camogie Final I have to like rehearse that Killian uh, every time I say it at the moment trying to keep the years right let's start there this, this segment we're going to review the semi-finals and we'll go back and um, preview the final <laughs> I know we're joking, but sure, look, it just goes to show the testament of Aura the Ballack's character to defying the odds. I said it there talking to Shauna. Um, it's like the ultimate comeback story. Gone from the wilderness for a few years. Now Aura the Ballack are back competing in an Iron final. Yeah, look, great credit to him, Darren. I didn't see it. I have to say, um, and, and, you know, maybe that's a testament to what they've, uh, achieve you know and, and the ability and the experience and everything that they've had that you know the Lacey's the Jacobs we all know about them but you're you know it's all about those that have come behind now and uh, you're you know you're talking about the um you're talking about the Kyos and you're uh, talking about Aideen Brennan and uh, you're also talking about an Kern, you know so maybe those the Jacobs and the Lacey's uh, have been there now long enough that the, these young crew have been able to come through and backbone them now and give them a little bit of a, a breathing space but Jeez, then you turn around and you look at the scores from the match, Darren, and who's standing out like a big sore thumb, Una Lacey and Ursula Jacob. Sure, you know, like it's it's phenomenal that what they've been able to achieve. I know, look, they won an All Ireland in 2015, but and I'm not, you know, I'm trying to think in my head now who am I going to predict on uh, on Saturday to win this game because they, they definitely have put me to bed twice here so far. So look, it, it obviously they got a good start, got a good footing. Maybe Schlockneil, I don't know, maybe maybe didn't. Maybe didn't reckon on what was going to come about, and uh, well, you know, even taking that, like we spoke here last week, and the concern we had about out of the Ballack was like they only had an A. Kern and Ursula Jacob on the scoreboard in the comeback against Thomastown. Well, Slot Neil seemed to rediscover their mojo with a replay victory against a 
what looked a very good Lockheed Shamrock's team, obviously the underperformed in the day. What none of us would have predicted was that Arlo de Balak would hit the ground running and start with Sean Asin and getting the point and, and be 1-5 to no score clear after I think it was just nine minutes. Yeah, like that's that's phenomenal. You know, and uh, it just... You see, the problem then for Schlock Neil was that, you know, Owlert had that lead and then they were chasing. And that probably then goes against the game plan for Schlock Neil, who are very much into, you know, their own strengths and whatever, but they restrict the, the, their opponent. And, you know, that was that was the scenario then that they were faced with having to chase. And I suppose when they were chasing then from an early stage like that, um, it just left the door open for a lot more to happen. And like to think that Owlert had a 10 point lead at half time, geez, I, I, I would imagine, you know, that they would have bitten off your, your hand down in Owlert and uh, a man that I, I, I would know family wise and everything like that I would have known his family over the years. Uh, Colin Sutherland, I'm sure. And Rory Jacob, who's obviously the coach there as well. Uh, a, a great uh, former Wexford hurler in his own right, I'm sure they wouldn't have bitten the hand off you to think that they would have been leading Schlock Neil by, by 10 points at half time. Um, you know, like that was phenomenal to think. So, you know, they, they didn't seem to let the water break affect them or anything like that. In fact, they, you know, 1 5 in the opening nine minutes and they hit another 1 5 before half time. Uh, phenomenal uh, play by them. And then I suppose ultimately it was to withhold whatever charge was going to come from Schlock Neil, which it obviously did in the second half. But they were just too far in front and uh, were able to, you know, go about winning the game ultimately. Yeah, there was never a doubt about it too. And not just that, like we speculated that Una Lacey was due a big game and she delivered. The two kills you mentioned there, I think they shared eight points from play as well. Like the half-back line, Mary Lacey, Kira Story, you know, Mark, Mark keeping it tight as well and all that. Um, and not just that as well, even touching on the conversation that we just had there with Shauna, there's options as well on the bench. Like Shauna Sinna didn't start for a lot of the games there, back in the team and dictating the traffic from the start as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're like, they'll come into this final as underdogs, but I mean, they're not coming into this final to make up the numbers. Oh no, well look, again, as I said, uh, I was worried about maybe they having too many fires to, to keep, to put out. And, uh, you know, the, as I said, definitely put me back on my backside with my, with my prediction very early on there because they took the game to Schlock Neil. It wasn't a case of waiting to see what Schlock Neil were going to do. They took it to them. And, uh, to me, it, it ended up then the Schlock Neil had the fires to fight. And that, that is the problem. And I'd imagine Owlert, you know, you look at Owlert, you look at Sarsfields. Um, recent enough all Ireland champions have been you know in the, in the closing stages uh, you know at, 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 at this point previous to have the experience obviously Owlert you know as he said players probably a little bit older in, in, in that context but you know getting to an all Ireland final Nolan Park not too far for them to travel I'm sure they would love to be in Crow Park but uh, Owlert have had the fear not on your life of it. and uh, this game now could be a lot closer than we think Darren Where does this leave slot Neil? Like they were there, they had to go to replay to win the 2020 Ulster final. Um, they had to go to replay to win the 2020, sorry, 2020 Derry final, didn't the 2020 Ulster final. Like they're on the road a few years now and uh, for a team kind of in that position, shouldn't be falling eight points down in nine minutes, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the opposition as well. Like this is going to take some serious picking up for this team to bounce back again. Um, I think they have a campaign in the new year as well to come, come to Ulster, but even to pick themselves up for that. Yeah, true. And, uh, you know, having to, to get, get over to Christmas and think about that then. And, you know, you just wonder, will the body psychologically 
I, you know, I wouldn't worry so much physically because I think they're a well-conditioned team. Psychologically, it might be a factor because it's definitely, you know, I think they, they had a big thing about getting back to uh, an All-Ireland final and reclaiming an All-Ireland title because, uh, you know, they, they probably felt it got away from them a bit, uh, you know, in 2019. So, look, I don't know, Darren. I'm not going to put the I'm not going to put a tombstone up over them uh, just yet because I I would be very very conscious that I wrote them off uh, with the with the replay because I felt that Lockheel maybe you know were knocking on the door had drawn with them and then when they went to the replay I felt that maybe it was Lockheel's time and this was going to happen and then they put Lockheel to the sword so. You know, they got me back in fancy anyway, and I backed them to win the All Ireland semi final, which, you know, they probably got caught by a, a team that nearly brought, I, I'd say, a similar Schlock Neil plan to the board. It seems that that's, a, you know, Owler took it to them and were able to restrict uh, Schlock Neil to very little other than a few Tina Bradley scores uh, early on. So I wouldn't write them off just yet. Um, I, I would think, though, there'd be the kind of crew that could bounce back. It just, I suppose, it's the willingness whether they want to. But they, they, they know themselves. They're, they're kingpins there. They know they'll be waiting to be knocked now. And they're probably some, you know, the lucky eels. And maybe someone else in, in, in Ulster might think, oh, there's an opportunity here. And maybe there will. But, you know, I think they've, they've earned an awful lot from getting to All-Ireland finals and the experience that, you know, they'll be wanting to bounce back and clear that disappointment indeed. And look, in a way, Darren, it's great that they've only got a few weeks to wait to do that, you know, rather than having to wait the whole year. Well, it's definitely an interesting part in the new year because you, we know we're going to have another Lockheel against Lock Neil match mm-hmm. uh, in the new year. And if my um, notes are correct, the winners of that match will play Sarsfields in the 2021 semi final. So uh, already plenty to look forward to on the club side in the new year as well. Let's talk about Sarsfields. Of course, they have a job to do first. Um, I got to watch the um, game against Drum and Inch. Um, disappointed with Drum and Inch. We'll talk about them in a moment. But Sarsfields can do what they do. They dictated the terms, um, built up the lead, never in any doubt they were going to win. Yeah, it wasn't great conditions. Um, but like, you know, Siobhan McGrath, uh, my, Quiva Burke, I think, didn't she save a penalty? But like Siobhan didn't let that uh, affect her too much, I think was to contribute seven of the total uh, of the score, you know. So like um, it, it, the conditions weren't fantastic. And I think that had a big factor on the on, on the game. And I think the rain and everything like that was was a, a real um, battler. And then I think <laughs> I was on to Ray Kelly. I think he was saying, you know, when the rain let up, then then the wind picked up, you know, and the wind I suppose, was, was, was Sarsfield's uh, favor then and look it was always going to be hard in drum and inch um probably it looks like from you know reading Dara Cahour's reports and whatever like it looked like the reliance a lot on on Emer McGrath was a factor and Sarsfields were able to tie that up quite well and uh you know it four points down you know it was never going to be enough ultimately like and uh and often plays balls as well yeah and yeah like their attack like you look at the drum and inside of things their attack their chances was in range, even with the elements, and, and didn't convert them, drop them short or hit them wide. But not just that, they did the one thing we said here last week not to do, just pumping ball down the central channel at Sarsfields, because Sarsfields were just going to mop that up all day. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that that's, you know, I, we did talk about, we spent a lot of time, I think, last week talking about that central diamond for Sarsfields and how strong it could be. And ultimately, you know, the the, the, the utilisation of players by, by Hopper McGrath. And, you know, as you said, they played right into their hands by the looks of things. Now, you know, 3-2 at half time. And you're thinking this could be a bit of a grudge match, you know, and Darren, it, it might take a whole lot to, to win it. And then they get level. 
And by the time they got their fourth score, Sarsfields were, I'd say, halfway back to back to Ballinasloe at that point. You know, like it, 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 it I don't know. It, it just, they, they didn't seem to be able to put a, a dam up to, to, to stop the water that was then started to flow because it's a three apiece and you've started the second half well and conditions maybe starting to, to, to shift your direction a little bit. You would, you would have thought there was an opportunity then for Drum to, to, to kick on, but Look, they walked themselves back into a scenario where Sarsfields were able to mop up and sure Siobhan made hay then ultimately and uh, it was all done and dusted then at that point, you know? Yeah, Siobhan's point at the start, her first point of the game was a wonderful score on the left, kind of slightly imbalanced. Um, she did took a poor penalty, Quiva Burke had a good save. Uh, Drummond did force a save from uh, Laurie Glynn uh, later in the match as well, but like the central five as such, like Eva McGrath, Marie Deviston, Eve Tracy were solid enough. Mary Burke was tremendous in the middle of the field for Drummond Inch, but again, it was down that final third of the field didn't seem to know what to do with it and eventually as you're touching on there Killian then Sarsfield's class especially Orla and Siobhan McGrath really started to tell like you know Orla got striding through for a great score one stage Siobhan sent over some couple of great points in play and, along with the freeze that she got as well and, and Eve McGrath banging, banging over a long range free from about 65 yards out something that Eve McGrath done twice in the match but Drummond Inch just couldn't do the simple ones right and, and when you do that and you're going to allow Claude McGrath Rhea Cooney Laura Ward and the rest to just take it and get it out and like you would have thought like you know Drummond still in that match uh, Darren at 6-3 at the water break you know and mm. uh, all of a sudden then it, 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 what seems to have happened and, and, and this is, seems to be a, a, a telling point as well was the movement of Orla McGrath out to the middle and to kind of pick up extra possession and Drum didn't seem to deal with that, whether they didn't know whether to follow her or whether to stay in the space that she would have been in. But it created a space inside them that, uh, you know, you'd imagine everyone else was able to utilize. And sure, look, you just don't want to be given Siobhan McGrath space. And, uh, you know, that's a, that, that's a ultimately a telling factor herself. And um, the rest of the forwards inside were able to were able to obviously make make hay in that regard. Um, but that seems to be a, a key move that Orla out to the middle ultimately uh, turned that game in Sarsfield's favour and they kicked on from 6-3 at the second half water break. That's what Sarsfield's have been doing all year, which called they've just been dictating the terms, playing with maturity as well. And we'll go into the final as favourites. We'll talk about that in a few moments. A couple of little rants for me, Killian, before we go to the second break. It wouldn't be a show without me giving out about something. I have to say one thing, though. It's great to get Eden Derry. It's great to get Dunhamore Ashburn. Now, I haven't seen Dunhamore Ashburn um, uh, regards uh, the facilities, but like scoreboard, like the Sarsfields coming. This is an All-Ireland semi-final. And yes, people should say, oh, fair play Eden Derry for making their ground available. I'm sure that'll be the official line. For crying out loud, so surely somebody could hit a zapper and put up a proper score and give these two teams respect. It was Eden Derry visitors, no score. It stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I, uh, look, you'd be disappointed to hear that, Darren, because it is ultimately an All Ireland semi final, and uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know the reasons behind why Eden Derry was the pitch. Maybe, maybe they were approached and and uh, they they gladly give the, the facility. I know it's a, a new a new pitch there uh, in 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 the in the area. Um, so look, I, I'd be disappointed though. You have an All Ireland semi finalist. The least that the girls deserve, you know, is to be having all say facilities available and everything to them and that includes the uh, that includes the scoreboard um whether that involves you know given as he said a few bob to a young lad or whatever you know that 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 knows what he's about you know i 
I don't understand that. Um, I don't know how much blame the club can ultimately get because they give they give the facility, but you know, to be. Uh, to me, like, you know, I, I would imagine there's somebody there that was the event controller from the representing the Camogie Association that surely had to be looked into. And, uh, you know, yeah, you be again, like, you know, that's we take a step forward and, you know, someone might say, ah, sure, it's only the scoreboard. But, you know, ultimately, Darren, like keeping people informed of what's going on and what's the score and the referees allowed that or he hasn't allowed it. You know the scoreboard is, nece- is necessity. What the score is as well, like so it needs yeah. something there. Yeah, I know, but it, again, it takes away the occasion. And you're right; we're not like we're knocking Eden Derry 100. percent We're not knocking the Camogie Association 100. percent But these are the the things that should be dealt with for a game of this magnitude. Now we'll praise them for the television coverage in the third part of the show. We always do balance here in the podcast. I suppose we have to ask the question again, Killian. No streaming of these All Ireland semi finals, something to do with the fact we're seven Killian often do the commentaries. It's again, it, it, it takes away the option for many people to see these games, especially when you're up against so much at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, again, it's, uh, you know, it's a window there. I don't know sponsorship wise what, what, what the involvement there is and on which actual. You know, pressures put on. I, I was surprised now when we got out to the All Ireland semi finals, the fact that they weren't, there wasn't a facility there to stream them. I, 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 you know, I'm ultimately surprised at that because obviously we saw the Leinster Championship, the game, games were streamed, you know, so don't know why that decision uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't taken on for the semi finals, I, I, I feel. And as I said, not to do with either of us being involved, but, you know, I think again. Well, especially too, sorry for Cudinkling, because like they nailed time wise, they nailed it right. One game Saturday, one game Sunday. Yeah, like, yeah. They nailed that. So the opportunity was there. And like, as I said already, and I was really repeating myself, we are going to praise them in the third part of the show. But like, you'd imagine if that facility was there, because it's not we can see more when we're talking, but also people listening to us can relate to the games because they have that opportunity, like, you know. And- well, the weather, the weather conditions and everything, Darren, they weren't fantastic, let's say, last mm-hmm. weekend. So, you know, there's probably people that woke up at nine o'clock on, on Saturday morning in Ballinus Slow going, ah, I'm not going to bother hitting for Eden Derry, you know. If it was, you know, if if obviously the news was streamed, um, you re- you probably really had the diehards then in ultimately in Eden Derry. You know, I I still think it's a it's a it's a, it's a revenue thing for 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 Camogie that they need to start looking into tap into like the opportunity there, yeah, that they're they're available for free and stuff like that. I think going forward they they have to because I think it, like most counties are are charging out for games and I don't think people mind. Uh, paying, they'll pay the five or they'll pay the eight, the ten or whatever it is going to be for for these matches. And you know, sure, look, like we 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 all know ourselves the cost that's involved in the streaming. Uh, I don't think it's as much as maybe people think it is, and that that that's a factor. Um, I I just yeah, I I I really think that once definitely once we're out to the All Ireland semi final level, we should be looking at these games being being streamed and available to people. Uh, and one more point before we, we wrap up and of course I do agree with you like, but you still want to have one kind of free game to pull people into the product like we're not suggesting they show every game free like gates are very very important mm. Camogie and other sports have taken a massive hit over the last year and a half with the pandemic that we're living in too so no, we're not saying that Camogie should be putting every game out uh, free streaming and all that but have a marquee game to attract people to the product because if you get them if you get like for example non-Wexford and non-Derry people into watch out at the slot Neil they're going to start taking an interest in what's going on in their own county as well. And I think for an All-Ireland senior semi-finals in particular, it's an own goal not to have given that option for people to watch. Yeah, and, you know, again, I'm I, I, not having a goal at Camogie, not having a goal at the sponsor. I do think there has been a change in personnel 
within the within the GA section of uh, the of AIB, and you know, I'm not I'm not sure I haven't dealt with any of those people. Whereas I would have dealt with previous incumbents in the position. They have a GA knowledge. They have the know how of what's required, and I think there there would have been stronger support as regards having having those games. You know that they they would they would take control. So I I don't know. Whether you know there's been a falling between stools here or whatever happened, um, but again, Darren, it just all alludes to the negotiations that take place. I know commercial operations now are in the hands of the GA, but you know those commercial uh, decisions have to be made earlier in the year. Commitments have to be made and they have to be followed through on. There's no point asking AIB, "Will you cover the cost of a streaming a week out from the match or something?" You know, um, they all have to be obviously agreed to as part of uh, a part of plans. And you know, you'd be hoping with, with whatever negotiations are taking place for 2022 that uh, that all is being ironed out and sorted out. And whether it's TV, whatever way it's being done, that uh, we, we know early doors and, and, and uh, are able to obviously promote that fact. And that's exactly what we want to do at the end of the day, promote the game of Camogie, and that's why we're here. That's it for the second part of the show. We're going to move forward now and put our full focus into previewing the All-Ireland Senior Camogie final. We will look at those intermediate and junior semi-finals. And to take us there, none better than last year's AIB Club Camogie Player of the Year. She scored a match-winning goal against Slot Neal. She scored a match-winning goal for Galway against Cork last September. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Siobhan McGrath from Sarsfields, and she's coming up after these. I like listening to sports stars because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. I'm delighted to be joined by reigning AIB All-Ireland Senior Club Camogie Champion with Sarsfield, Siobhan McGrath, ahead of the 2020-21 AIB All-Ireland Senior Camogie Club Championship Final against Arad the Ballock of Wexford. The sides will go head-to-head at UPMC Nolan Parkley Kenny at half one on Saturday, December the 18th. This year's AIB Club Championship celebrates hashtag the toughest players in Gaelic games, those who are not defined by what they have won, but by how they persevere no matter what, and this Saturday's showdown is set to be no exception. Well, one player that certainly typifies all that is Siobhan McGrath. First things first, Siobhan, congratulations being back in the All-Ireland final. Thanks, Millen, Darren. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back, all right. Um, tough battle against Drummond Inch in, in the semi-final, but we're just, we're just so happy now to be looking forward to a final this week. I was watching the semi-final too and of course we are talking about December Camogie it's always going to be tough as well and while the scoring is low it's that time of the year it's pretty much down to work rate perseverance which is one thing that your team has been doing through the domestic campaign for 2021 and of course now the 2020 National Series Yeah that's it like you're not going to be playing lovely silky hurling this time of the year like you know the ball isn't going to be moving too fast um, so we're aware of that going into the match and um I suppose, yeah, work rate is a big thing, but um, it's the same with anyone, any team left now at this stage. Uh, if you don't have work rate, you're not really going to get too far. And Owlert, I suppose, typify that as well, like the way they, they put Slough Neil away. So, um, yeah, um, I suppose it's, it's, it comes down to a, to a lot of grittiness this time of the year. We'll talk about Ireland in just a moment, but of course you mentioned Silky Hurling is not the order of the day at the moment. Do I have to be said, though, the first of your seven points, Siobhan, was a fantastic point. 
Uh, yes, <laughs> I think it was more hidden hope shot now, to be honest, than Anthony else. Um, I'd, I'd say I would have been killed, to be honest, if it didn't go over. Like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, I suppose, um, a high percentage shot. Um, so I was just, I was happy now with the, the wind. A high percentage shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just happy now that the wind kind of curled it in for me, thank God. <laughs> Siobhan, we were talking after the county final against Owen Murray, but the last time we were talking on this platform was back, I think, in March. And quite simply, we didn't know what was going on in the world. Now, lots been documented about the fight to make this competition happen but now thankfully we are here because it would certainly feel like an empty uh, unfinished business if we didn't get a chance to finish off this campaign before we move on to next year's um, All-Ireland Games in the new year. That's exactly it Darren like um, when you win a county final like it's such an achievement in itself that you want to be given the opportunity to go on um, into the provincial championship and then install Ireland Championship like you know it's it's not every every year that you do in a county final so you want to kind of make hay I suppose while you're while you're going well and you know we, we, we're very conscious of the fact that this team isn't going to be around forever um, you've only a short period there where you've uh, where you've got a good bunch of players so you know it would have been I suppose it would have been very upsetting to be honest if we didn't get the chance to even just try and see how far we can get in this All-Ireland series so we're just so happy that it actually eventually got the go-ahead and it's brilliant to see even watching the semi-finals last week. And of course, another thing as well, obviously I'd be very familiar with Sarsfields from Sydney growing up at underage, let alone what you're doing at the moment. But what's impressed me about the team this year, regardless of results, and obviously they're going according to plan, is you seem to be enjoying your camogie. You seem to be out there. You're very assured in yourselves. Now, if anything, the team is mature. And I might have said that to me before in conversation or even to Orla. Um, and is that, is that the way it is now? You're, you're a group of friends. Things are going well, but you're also you're enjoying what you're doing. That's it, yeah. And I suppose um, with the wins, it does you know, become very enjoyable. Like, and uh, I suppose we're we're a good bit older now than maybe in 2016 when we won our first title. Like, you know, when you're looking back at that team, uh, Neve and Tara were the oldest, and they were 23. It's actually crazy to think about now. But um, you know, I think yeah, I suppose a bit of experience as well um, helps us kind of enjoy it more. You mightn't get as nervous as as you used to, you know, when you're a bit younger. Um, and sure, you know, what's the point playing if if you're not enjoying it? Like, um, you know, it's 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 so enjoyable. Like to think that you know we're off down to Nolan Park now with the club at the weekend, the week before Christmas. Like, sure, what else would you want to be doing? Is it disappointing it's not in Crow Park? I know we the, remember I remember Clonus a couple of years ago, but I suppose pitch availability, the world we're living in at the moment, Nolan Park is still a very fine venue. That's it, yeah, sure. Nolan Park is class. It's 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 such a brilliant pitch. Um, of course, you want it to be played in Crow Park, but the way things were looking this year, we were just happy to have it played at all. Like, um, do you know, of course, you'd be kind of a small bit disappointed, say, for the younger girls on our team um, that mightn't have played in Crow Park yet. Like, um, hopefully, they'll get another chance in the future. But um, no, we're just we're just so happy. We would have taken anywhere. I think um, just as long as it was played. And certainly you fought for that as well. And of course, who knows what will happen in the new year. We won't talk about the next campaign because there's business to be done first. Uh, let's talk about Hour of the Ballack. Like a lot of talks being made about the Mead footballers this year and their underdogs, but this is like the ultimate comeback story. They've been defying the odds to get themselves back in this position. And you only have to look at your own neighbours in Mullia or Kalimer to know exactly how tough these players are. And they haven't lost too much of a step. That's it. Like it's it's you'd have to just have the utmost respect for Alert and what they've achieved. Like fourteen county finals is, is crazy that some of them hold um two club all Ireland's and like you go down through their team, sure they're just star studded really. Um like, you know, they've multiple All Ireland winners with Wexford, 
um, the two Lacey's and Ursa Jacob all captained Wexford to all Ireland titles. Um, you know, multiple all stars. Like you know, they're, they're probably the most star sort of team we've we've come across yet um, to date. And like you can't kind of beat that winning mentality that they have, like and that experience. Um, and like you know, it's it, it might have been I suppose. 10 years ago when they're winning with Wexford but Jesus it doesn't look like they've slowed down at all you know any team any team that scores 215 against Slough Neal is just you know they've serious firepower like um, any time we played Slough Neal it was just a pure dogfight you know um, it was always a low scoring match so to think they put 215 away against them it's just we know like we're up against an absolutely exceptional team and um, we're just we just know we've it all to do I suppose on Saturday and even as you mentioned, they have that experience as well. They've broken Galway hearts, including your own sister Neves on a few occasions back in the past as well. Uh, but not just that, they've showed their battle, their toughest, uh, based on what we're talking here, because like they looked like they lost the Leinster final against Thomastown and they dug it out of the fire with six consecutive points. And as you said, they didn't give Slot Neil a chance to settle. Suddenly there was there were eight points up and dictating the All-Ireland semi-final. That's it, like, and that goes back to, I think, the experience that they have. They just have a way of grinding out um, tough matches, like, um, you know, against Thomastown, who are a really, really good side as well, like, and, and they won that, and they were, I suppose, a lot of people were viewing them as underdogs against Loch Neal, but, geez, I, I definitely didn't think it was, I thought it was a 50-50 match, to be honest. Um, when you have that experience that they have, like, you know, they're just, you can't buy that, and there's nothing that can compare to that. Like, they're just they're just serial winners, I suppose, and they just, they just know how to grind out matches, and it's as simple as that, really. Obviously, and I know you wouldn't have been thinking about this until you got over Drummond Inch in the semi-final, but obviously you've known Slot Neil, like, you know, that rivalry has been the rivalry uh, of Camogie for the last few years. How does the preparations change or does it change much at all? The fact now it's out of the ballot, a different team, well capable of scoring if they get in the groove, uh, experienced heads that we've seen represent Wexford, and of course new players who've been part of that All-Ireland winning Wexford junior team as well. Uh, do, and you've only a week to do this as well. So how do preparations um, change or do they change at all? Yeah, I suppose it, it's a strange one, really. Like, um, you know, only a week between a semi-final and final, we're, we wouldn't be used to that, really. You know, um, so it's more, I suppose, about trying to recover right and make sure that the bodies are okay. And I suppose the management will probably have a look at Owlert, um in more detail. But at this stage, you know, you're kind of just trying to focus on yourself, like, and and leave that maybe to the management team, because um, I suppose it's quick turnaround, and you don't want to be kind of in in a dating uh, girls with with new information either, like. Um, and I suppose we were so used to playing Slough Neil, we kind of know each other. We know them as much as we know any club team in Galway nearly at this stage. So with Owlert, it's a bit different, like, um, in the sense that we've never played them ever, like, even in a challenge match or anything, we've never played them. So it's 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 kind of going into the unknown, but at the same time, they're probably looking at us the same. Like, you know, they haven't ever come across us either. So I think we're both kind of, both teams would probably be kind of, focusing on themselves go a bit like we're both kind of hurling teams you know at the end of the day um, so I, I suppose it'll probably be probably fairly um, hopefully a good spectacle to watch as well I've no doubt as well and hopefully we get the weather for two just a couple more questions Siobhan before I let you go I, I'm always afraid to make predictions about what matchups are going to happen in a Sarsfield match I say you're, Michael Hopper <laughs> listen here surprising <laughs> me as well but uh, Aideen Brennan looks your most likely direct opponent based on what we've seen so far like she was uh, centre back for that Wexford Junior All-Ireland team back in September I know you wouldn't be watching it on the day but no doubt you're familiar with her exploit sense 
Yeah, exactly, sure. And even we were talking about, say, the maybe the older players they have, and then you see the likes of Adrian Brennan, um, Aoife Dawn was another one. You know, these these are girls who just won in in, in Crow Park um, in September as well. So they've they've massive experience as well. Like, and you know, um, as I said already, you can't beat that winning sort of feeling. So yeah, it should be. You know, she's she's a great player, and as as are any of the backs truly, really, to be honest, no matter who. Who I suppose marking on the day like um, they're tough, tough backs, but they're all well able to hurl as well. Like um, so, yeah. I suppose whoever whoever we face on the day, we just know we're in for a right battle for sixty minutes. I think it's safe to say, regardless who's up against who, Mary Lacey's not going to be too far away from yourself in Orlando, Sarah Spellman. That's it, sure, Mary Lacey, absolute um, legend of the game, really. You know, and and she's still going strong, um, still hurling, unbelievable, really. Like you know, um, so you know, we know she's she's going to be she's going to be probably commanding the backs there and and um, listen herself and the likes of Kira Story. Like they've they've done it all, and we just have to be. I suppose we tr- probably try and have to try and keep the ball away from them as much as possible. <laughs> That would be the plan as well. Finally, Siobhan, before I let you go, uh, look, it's not been a bad year since we got back playing Camogie for yourself. Goal in an All-Ireland final, All-Star elects at their template. What would it mean to you to finish off the year by winning another All-Ireland title with your club? Uh, yeah, sure. It would it would mean everything, really. Like um, I suppose it's been a great year so far between um, the All-Ireland with Galway and then another county final with Sarsfields. And I suppose it would just be... It'd be unbelievable, like, you know, um, and in saying that then, um, if we were to lose, I suppose we'd put an awful temperature on the whole whole year, like, you know, but, um, yeah, we know, you know, we we're trying not to think about the overall year um, just yet, like, you know, we just know we've, we've such a challenge ahead of us on Saturday and, and please God, we can try and perform to the best of our ability. So welcome back here to sportsstyles.ie. That was Sarsfield, Siobhan McGrath. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan and Killian. Uh, we've, we we had our say about the semi-finals before the break, so let's have our say about the final. The All-Ireland final is on RTE television this coming Saturday. And that's great news for everyone. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and, and great to see, you know, Darren, I, I, I do know a few years ago that I think, was it was it the 2019 final? Uh, that was, was an RT News now, but at yeah. least this final is actually going to be on. Or I think it's RTE 2, it's actually on. Yeah, so it was on the News Now channel, and I think, you know, the whole... It was just the game, and it lacked a, it lacked a little bit of how would you put it? I think finesse around presentation, and you know having a bit of analysis and everything. There wasn't even analysis. I think at the end of the game, as soon as the the full time whistle went, I think was Marty on commentary. I think it was, and he mm. gave the full time score, and that was it. It was cut off and 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 moved on. So I'm just glad it's on mainstream TV and people get an opportunity to see it. You know, I just. Uh, you know, wish everybody well with the with the coverage of it. And great to see you know commitment there. And I would imagine there's a little bit of a push there from the sponsor in, in that regard to have it on uh, on mainstream television. And I think you know just the fact that probably Saturday, the time you know I I would imagine they've moved the time of the game and everything to you know allow for the fact that obviously there's as I said Crow Park is booked up because they have the two Leinster Club Senior Football Semi Finals in it. So fair play to RT because. They could have, I would imagine, you know, like, I don't know, I've been talked about, told about this before, about the amount of time it takes booking in slots on TV and uh, the opportunity to open, you know, there's commitment there to the GA, uh, to Leinster GA to, to televise their two uh, games, you know, on the, in the afternoon. 
So then to be thrown in a third game at a different venue, I'd imagine is a bit of a headache now for from an RT point of view and outside broadcast and stuff like that. So look, great commitment, uh, both sponsor and uh, from the TV coverage. And it's great to see that, you know, Owlerton Sarsfields would be seen from Nolan Park, as you said, on RT2 on Saturday. And get the treatment at the service as well. There will be match commentary. There will be analysis. I'm told that Damien Lawler will be presenting the show as well, which which is good to see as well. And of course, <laughs> if you want to find out what we really thought of it, myself and Killian are going to be in Kilkenny on Saturday and we will have a show out next Monday with our t- take on the final as well. So you get the best of RT, but you'll also get the best of sports stats. Now, right, Killian. <laughs> Ah, yeah, sure. Why would you want to be looking at RT anyway? Sure. You know, you come here for all the news. <laughs> and that's exactly what you get here as well. Let's look at the game. Let's talk about Sarsfields first. Of course, we've mentioned already that down the spine of the team is very, very strong, very, very solid. It's well complemented by the players in the wing as well. You've said before you can't see them being beaten and we've seen no signs yet to suggest that can happen. Yeah, and and even like, you know, when conditions have been tricky, Darren, where, you know, low scoring games are like that, they're still able to come out on, on top of um I, I I'm probably gonna call it at this stage. I you know, I think it's Sarsfields to lose personally, but I do think now from looking at Owler the last two games, I can imagine they're not going to go down easy, Darren. I, I I'd be very surprised if this is a one way traffic game and Sarsfields win this by you know, I don't know, six to ten points or something like that, the way the way things are going. It just Owler seemed to be, you know, trucking along there and uh, you know, got got out of Leinster and took on Shock Neil and, you know, find themselves in the final and uh, you know, backed by the good form of, of a number of different players and uh, as we said, the stalwarts already that uh, no no other way around winning all Ireland titles but at club and county level. So look, this game is intriguing, Darren. There's no question about it uh, because, you know, you have, uh, I would imagine, the young kingpins of, of Sarsfields and, 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 and what they're like and the ability. And the, obviously, the McGrath is tempered, but you look, you, you throw in so many others, the Laura Wards, the Maria Cooney's, the Tara Kenny's, and, um, uh, you know, Laura Glynn and others. Like, And then you obviously have then on the, on the other side, probably... Not so young whippersnappers in some ways, uh, the Laces and the Jacobs and, and the Kyos, which you throw in, as we said, uh, you know, alluded to names already, like, you know, Aideen Brennan and Acorn, who obviously stood out with, uh, with, with Wexford at different stages this year. So, you know, it's, it's, you wonder who's got the balance right. That, that, that'd be the thing, you know, and if, if Sarsfields were put under a bit of pressure, it'd be interesting to see how they would ultimately react, you know. Um, I think Sarsfields will come out hot and they'll be looking to lay down a marker early, early on to test out Owlert because I don't think Sarsfields can afford maybe to allow Owlert have the start that they got against Schlock Neal. So, you know, that, that, that would be a factor there. And if Sarsfields get the run, Darren, I think they'll be hard then to reel back in. That's that's where I would be thinking. But uh, it's it's an intriguing encounter now because it throws all predictions that I had before now out the window of, of what we were looking towards. And, um, you know, that's great credit to Owler that they have us, um, you know, really scratching our head here. And they have because... Like we all love a comeback story. I know I've said that a few times in the show as well. Staying, you could put ratings with like Tiger Woods and Augusta, for example, because this team don't lose finals. No, and that's yeah. yeah. There's a sizable uh, contention with Wexford. Won four out of four. They won two out of two. Like they're not coming in here to make up the numbers. Like you know, what I mean, they are going in as underdogs. They acknowledge that themselves. And the pressure is on Sarsfields. They've dealt with being well able to deal with it so far, and that's why there's so many different things in this because Sarsfields don't look like they can be broken but this out of the ballot team don't look like they care <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely that's a that's a very good analogy there um and I I don't think they will because 
for want of a better term, I, 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 I'm not putting this on, Sar- on uh, Owlert now, but there could be an element of bonus territory about it to an extent that they would probably go out and play with a, a carefree ability and element about them in some ways, okay? I'm sure they want to win. I'm not, not, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but I think Sarsfields as reigning All-Ireland champions, that has to bring a certain amount of pressure. There's no question, you know, you're putting back-to-back, people will remember this team, you put back-to-back titles together, you know, whereas Owler are coming in, you know, oh, there's probably people here not expecting us to, to win this game, and, and, and they might just have a right cut off it, you know. I, I know they're Owlerton, they have to be taken for, for every bit of respect, and you know, they've been to the well, as you said, and they don't lose finals, and that's, I'm sure, Hopper McGrath will be telling the girls coming down in the bus, you underrate, underestimate these at your pearl, you know, Oh, they, they have been probably the team I would imagine both Wexford and, and Owlert would have been the team that Galway and Sarsfields would have been looking at you know five six years ago is where they wanted to get to where they wanted to be wanted to be and uh, you know Owlert would love nothing better I would imagine to really cut them at the knees and and, uh, and take their All-Ireland title off them and scuttle off back down to Enniscorthy and you know there'll be some bonfire I would imagine on Vinegar Hill on, on Saturday night I'd imagine Almost oh, certainly as well. And the thing was, out of the ballot, as Sean has said earlier on, they have the experience from the past, you know, and they have a few new players coming to the self too. Look, their half-back line we've praised here before, Aoife Dunn, Kira Story, and of course Mary Lacey. If our are going to win this game, they have to cut out the supply to Siobhan and Orla McGrath. And that, as Roman Inch showed last week, is easier said than done. Yeah, I, but like if you play into if you play into Sarsfield's hands here, uh, even without Orla McGrath going out picking up the position, um, Darren, sure, like the, you know that makes it that makes it very very easy too. You know, like sure. Drummond Inch did that without Orla McGrath having influence on the game that she ultimately did. You know, they were playing into their into their hands. So the thing for Owlert will be that they've just got to keep it out, out of uh, out of that central area. Um, you know, it will put an awful lot of pressure on wing backs and wing forwards to be able to keep that running game, I'd imagine, and, and uh, keep you know, as we said, that primary position. I think if Sarsfields win primary position and Orla is able to dictate matters and Siobhan then is uh, finding the space and able to knock over the scores, I think Owlert, you know, there will ultimately be a struggle there. But, you know, you've got the experience, players that you have, and you've got the talent that we, we've seen emerging in, in recent years for Owlert that you imagine they will be up to that task. But, you know, again, to me, it's, 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 it's Sarsfields to lose ultimately. I get your prediction in a moment, even taking that into account. Let's say if I would win that battle and, and slow down the supply at least, obviously Siobhan and Orla and Sarah Spellman as well, and one of the others are going to get inside to. You just touched the point there. It's what they do with the ball. Like Una Lacey, like Louise Sinnott, Ursula Jacob, Shauna Sinnott, Shelley Kyo, they're all fantastic attackers as well, all capable of doing damage. But in the middle of the field, you have Maria Cooney, you have Neve McGrath, and for me, the best Sarsfield player I've seen this year is Claude McGrath, the way she's reading the game as well. If they're allowed to pick up easy ball, like out of the ballot, they're not going to get the ball down to those attackers. And also the Neve McGrath against the current battle could be the match to decide this final. Yeah, yeah, and it could. Um, and as you said there, Claude McGrath seems to be really reveling in the, in, in the position that she's in this year and being able to, you know, dictate the traffic uh, somewhat, you know. And like, to me, It'll be all well and good, you know, uh, Owlert winning primary position then, you know, that they turn they turn it over or whatever, they have their own position. But to me, it's always key point, Darren, is the second ball. It's all well and good coming in and winning that. But, what you know, once you have it in hand, then what what you do with it after winning it? And there's no point giving it straight back to them. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to see, 
length of the pitch, diagonal ball, what, what, what's going to happen? Weather condition be a factor, although I believe, you know, there's no sign of rain, I think, this side of the weekend anyway. So that'll be a factor. Nolan oh, Park, you know, will, it, it will be in fine fettle then in that regard. It hasn't been, I don't think, overused in, in the last maybe two weeks, uh, Nolan Park. So it should be pristine uh, for whatever, you know, the, the, the 18th of uh, December will, will allow ultimately. So, you know, look, it, it, it's, I think a facility that might suit Sarsfields in the game that they ultimately play because they're going to be looking for, for the space. Owlert will have to clog up that space, Darren, and I think we'll have to be on it for the 60 minutes. That's the thing. Can then they then find the space at the other end for the likes of the Laces and the Jacobs to be able to make hay that they, they probably did early doors against Schlock Neal? I think for Owlert, Darren, they're going to have to come out and hit the ground running and have a very similar plan to how they caught Schlock Neal and be four to five points up at half time at least I think I think they need a goal at the start like yeah. Lacey did against Mullia in, in yeah. the 14-15 final if they can put Sarsfields in the back front you give them a chance but if Sarsfields are allowed to dictate the terms and gradually pull clear it's hard to see them not retaining the title well if it's level at half time and, uh, or, or Sarsfields are up you, you know to me there's only one there's only one winner at that stage I, I think I think Owlert have to have a, a, a sizable enough score lead at half time if they're to win it I think so Sarsfields is the nod for both of us, Killian, is it? Look, pro- we'll probably be back here or we, we'll be talking on Monday, Darren. Uh, you know, I, I haven't gone and said, geez, Owler, they've, they've shocked us again, you know, and uh, really put us back in our box as regards making predictions. Uh, I, I think it could be an entertaining encounter. I don't think Owler will care too much about what Sarsfields bring about their youth or anything like that or the experience of recent all Ireland wins or anything. Um, I think they'll go out there and they'll will absolutely hop off of uh, Sarsfields. It could be a right physical affair. I just think, you know, Sarsfields have dealt with all sorts of comers, you know, the ones that can be physical with them and the ones that want to play ball with them. And, you know, I just can't see any other winner, no. 115 Nolan Park on Saturday Sarsfields against Aura of the Balak live on television next week's show here we will look back at that game as well Sarsfields against Aura of the Balak promised to be a great one Killian very very quickly because the clock is against us I just want to give a quick mention the intermediate club semi-finals there on Sunday Eglish against St. Brynas that's in Templeport at 1 o'clock Claren Bridge against Galtier that's in Abbottstown at 2 o'clock I suppose Brynas and Galtier will be the favourites to get, to get back into the All-Ireland Final You'd imagine, but the, like that Galtier Claren Bridge game, that could be that could be the game, one of the games of the weekend. I think, uh, uh, Darren, you know, I'm sure. Look, Galtier want to get back there and prove their metal again. I, you know, just looking at what came out of the the both championships, Darren, that they 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 come out of like you know, you just feel that these need to be stepping up a grade. You know, Rhinos, you know, I like I I just I just feel for teams that they're meeting that they need to be. You know, up at the top of the table, they, you know, they've proven it in the last few years. And, you know, they, they, I can't, can't see English. Now, the Donnellys obviously will have an impact there and they'll, they'll be hard watch. But I would imagine that we will be Rhinos and Galtier, yeah. But Cambridge hmm, could have a major say yet there. Unfortunately, the two junior A semi-finals are clashing with the senior final on Saturday at league against Ross at league from Roscommon against Clamoris from Kerry. That's in Father McNamara Park in Ennis at one o'clock. Glenn from Derry against Verhanny from Westmead one o'clock on Saturday in Abbottstown. And finally, the junior B final is on Sunday in Corlstown, Kenny Gad at half one. Nakanana from Wicklow against Nave Trassa from Tyrone. Plenty to look at. We'll discuss all that on next week's show. And also, we have a surprise for you here in Sports Stars Camogie on New Year's Eve. We'll tell you about that next 
next week but it's time to wrap it up we're looking forward to the All-Ireland Final hope you enjoyed the show I'm Darren Kelly this was Sports Taz Camogie I'd like to thank my partner in crime one more time Killian Whelan Thanks indeed Darren Roadbound for Nolan Park